Hey everyone, this is Adam Braun. It's April 2020, and this is part two of three short devotionals entitled Being Strong and Courageous No Matter the Circumstances. We're in Joshua chapter 1, specifically verses 6 through 9, and my goal has been to provide three strong pillars upon which we can be strong and courageous no matter the circumstances. And you'll recall that pillar number one we dealt with last time was we can be strong and courageous because our God is faithful to fulfill all His promises to us. And we dealt primarily with verse 6. Today we're going to be talking about verses 7 and 8 in Joshua chapter 1. So turn with me there and let's read it together. The Lord's speaking to Joshua and He says, Above all, Be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. So, the pillar that I draw from this, why we can be strong and courageous is God's Word, carefully observed, guarantees true success. I'll say it one more time. Pillar number two is we can be strong and courageous because God's Word, carefully observed, guarantees true success. This passage is so rich. Consider all the ways the Lord wishes Joshua to engage his word. I see at least three. In verse 7, we see the Lord wants Joshua to engage it through his actions. He says, Be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the instruction. That word observe is rendered as do in the ESV, and it's an action verb. Later, we see, do not turn from it to the right or the left. So these are actions that determine whether or not he's staying on the path of his word. We also see, secondly, that God wishes Joshua to engage it with speech. He says, this book must not depart from your mouth. So he is to speak of it all the time, apparently. And lastly, and most foundationally, he is to meditate on it. It says, you are to meditate on it day and night so that, so that you may observe everything. And that so that is really important. And that's why I say that meditating is most foundational. In other words, meditating and treasuring it in the heart is necessary in order to speak of it rightly and to do it or act on it correctly. And so I want to talk just a minute about this word meditate. It is... Um, the Hebrew word Hagah, and it's the first mention of this word in the Bible. We're going to talk about at least one other instance of this, but it's a very interesting word. It's been pointed out that it is a form of onomatopoeia, which is the meaning of the word is linked to the sounding of it, to the way it sounds. And where it's been described as coming from is it's thought to be the sound that a lion makes when it's devouring its prey or growling over its prey. And so meditate is the best we have in English, but it really doesn't capture it. Um, When someone meditates on the word, they are to devour it like a lion 
slowly devours its prey. It's not a snack on the word. It's a it's a rich meal. And so, anyways, I said that meditate is most foundational to the other two, and I get that from Jesus. Um, meditation is linked to speech in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, and Jesus says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we see that what one has treasured in their heart spills over into speech, and it's the most authentic speech we have when our heart spills over from what it treasures. Now, meditation is linked to actions in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. Jesus says, For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, slander. These are the things that defile a person. So again, Jesus here is linking what's been treasured in the heart with the actions that come out and says that this is what defiles someone. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is these words success and prosper. We see it multiple times here. You will have success wherever you go if you don't turn from it to the right or the left. And if you meditate on it, and carefully observe it, you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. And so we need to define biblically what this means. Does this mean inevitable, material, worldly prosperity and success? And I'll cut to the chase and say that God might provide material success and prosperity, but biblically, the answer is a resounding no to the inevitability of that. And Psalm 34, 19 and Psalm 73 are two such places where we read that the righteous, those who love the Lord and His ways and His decrees are afflicted in many ways. Jesus Himself promised trials and tribulations to those who would take up their cross and follow Him. To say nothing of the scores of saints like John G. Patton and William Tyndale and the Apostle Paul and Charles Spurgeon, who have long departed to be with Christ, who would testify the same about the afflictions they experienced on account of loving the Lord. So let's pause to reflect on how strange this might be to our Western minds that biblical success doesn't necessarily equate with material prosperity. The truth is, biblical success is something far better. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. This passage is on specifically talking about the person who meditates, who hagaz on God's word day and night. And in verse 3, we're told, He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. So we see biblical success in some way is being steadfast, immovable, durable, no matter what comes. You could say being strong and courageous no matter what comes. 
Consider the infinite difference between a mature, firmly planted tree when wind comes and the difference between that tree and chaff. It's so infinitely different. And that is biblical success, being a firmly planted tree when the trials of this age come. But the overarching lens is eternity because in verse 5, the wicked will not stand up in the final judgment. And the tree that's been planted that meditates on the word will stand. So biblical success is treasuring, seeing, and savoring the living God and His Son Jesus, who is better than all material goods put together. And this is evidenced by the fact that He spoke them all into existence out of nothing. One passage that really captures this treasuring is probably my favorite parable of Jesus, and it's Matthew 13, verse 44. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure, buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. That really captures it. It's a a great joy at finding this treasure. And one is willing to give up everything else they thought they loved to gain it. Paul says the exact same thing. He says, whatever I had as gain, I counted as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. So, friends, be strong and courageous, very courageous, knowing that God's word, carefully observed, guarantees true success. The last point that I want to make about God's word I'll point to one last scripture and make a point about it. It's Psalm 119, verse 14. The psalmist says, I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. And let the weight of this just fall on us all. The point I want to make is, is that meditating on God's word day and night and rejoicing in his word as much as in all riches is frankly an impossibility for the natural man. It is a miracle when this happens, just like loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Doing these things is a miracle and so May we approach the King of Kings in prayer and join the psalmist when we go to the Word and ask Him for this miracle. May we pray things like, incline our heart to your testimonies, O God, and not selfish gain. And open my eyes, God, that I may see wonderful things in your law. I'm sure many of you could testify with me that no amount of my human striving can cause me to want to meditate on God's Word day and night. But with man, it is impossible. With God, it is possible. And so through prayer, may we present our humble requests before God that He would give us hearts yearning for Him in this way. And may we be strong and courageous, anchored in His Word. Till next time.